0: What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's Maddie Kiwoom here, and I am bringing you the inaugural episode, episode number one, the pilot episode of Blue Chips. Now, you might be asking yourself, what is Blue Chips? Well, Blue Chips is where Devi meets Dynasty, and it's all looked at through the lens of college football. So we have fantasy talk here, rookie talk here, draft talk here, all that good stuff will be right here on Blue Chips. We might do a... Uh, A particular prospect profile, a positional highlighting or breakdown, uh, all that good stuff right here on the Player Profiler Network of Shows Blue Chips. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a few players um, that I'm very, very excited to watch in the particular the playoff So the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, those games are on Monday, New Year's Day. So shout out if you're checking this out. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve. Hope you didn't go too crazy. And you're able to enjoy the football. Uh, I also will talk about a couple of other prospects and other bowl games. Uh, But primarily we're going to target just a player from each team in the college playoffs. Um, then it might not be part of the 2023 or 2024 class could be beyond uh, like a Devi type of approach. If you have any Devi startups coming up this off season, or if you're just trying to get ready in your dynasty legally uh, a year early. Uh, I'm going to be just kind of immersing myself with the NFL draft process and college football and all that stuff here, uh, especially as the off season. I mean, the the regular season for fantasy is coming to an end. Uh, fantasy championship this weekend. Shout out to everyone in the championship. So it's time to start focusing on the next stage uh, of the you know the the dynasty process. So we're gonna dive into uh, a few players here throughout the bowl games, but before we do, let's hear about rival
1: fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout. But then they added... Challenges, so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community, and then you can browse the community's lines and say, "Hey, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take the other side." It's cool, and they have fantasy bingo. Rival fantasies reminded me how much fun I can have with fantasy football, and use that promo code PLAYER. The promo code is PLAYER. They give you a $100 instant deposit match plus $25 plus a free play. That promo code is PLAYER for up to $125 in deposit bonus and a free play. You can't beat it,
0: man. Key room, the inaugural episode of Blue Chips. Let's get right into it, and let's start with the Rose Bowl. That game again is on New Year's Day. Uh, Alabama versus Michigan, and I want to talk about the quarterbacks in this game. Um, we may not see either of them enter the twenty twenty four class, um, but. Regardless, I want to talk about them, uh, give you my thoughts on them, my initial comps for these quarterbacks, so that you can start getting ready for uh their s- chapters beyond college football and in our dynasty leagues and all that good stuff. And even if you just want to follow them along, you know, follow along their the rest of their college career and what have you. So first I want to start with Alabama, their quarterback, Jalen Milrow. First of all, shout out to Milro calling out Bill O'Brien at the presser. This kid's got moxie. This kid has some cojones, um, and that's part of why I I really like this kid as a prospect. Um, 6'2", 220, He's a sophomore, so he won't be eligible for this year's draft class. But he's he's built. He's got that Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson frame, just a little shrunken down, a few inches shorter, a few pounds lighter. Uh, but he's got that thickness. He's a he's a strong, sturdy kid. Um, and this year he finished at 2718 passing yards uh 23 touchdowns only six picks he had a 65 and percent completion percentage which is pretty good. we love quarterbacks that can stay above that 65 percent threshold and yeah he just barely makes it but he does so we liked seeing what uh he was at, what he could do as a passer and as a rusher um, he didn't really have a prolific rushing season it was nothing like Jalen Daniels. Uh, Jaden Daniels, but he did put up nearly 500, 468 rushing yards and added 12 rushing touchdowns. So, Milro put together 35 total touchdowns in 2023. Um, and that is awesome. And one thing I will say, and I was talking about his moxie, he was benched at one point in the season. Nick Saban wanted to see what else he had at the position, put another kid in, and then he won that job back. And I love that about him. I really, really like how, uh, He's developed into this confident team leader type. Um, he was only a four-star recruit when he came out in 2021. So to you know, for a four-star, you know, especially just coming off of the the Bryce Young era, right? The Bryce Young era was the highest-ranked quarterback prospect in program history. So after he left, went 101 to the Panthers. There was obviously a, a bit of a, a hold of fill for the Crimson Tide. And Bill Row got first crack at it, again, was put to the bench, was sent to side, didn't care. He worked his way back in the starting lineup, and here they are now fighting for a national championship. They are in the semifinals, uh, and I really, really like that about his character, about his, uh, his profile. Uh, when I watch some tape on him, I've been watching a bunch of tape on these kids, um, what I see is I see an elite playmaker, both with his arms and his legs. Um, he's not afraid to chuck it deep. He's not afraid to break, to break run with it. Um he did run a 46440 4, in high school. Um he'll probably be a little faster come his testing time next year uh when he comes out. So there's uh, a room to improve there, but he's not like I said, he's not a Jaden Daniels, he's not the uh Lamar Jackson tuck it and run. He can run when he needs to. Uh but because he's an elite playmaker, He's also a bit too fearless, in my opinion. Because like I said, he's not afraid to take hits. He's not afraid to chuck the ball downfield. He's a playmaker in every sense of the word, but that comes with a bit of recklessness. And that's definitely part of his game. That's definitely a little bit of a red flag for, for him. And like I said, watching his tape, I think that this kid has 101 potential. Uh, in his range of outcomes, if he can continue to develop, if he can get a little bit more careful uh, leading the offense. I do think this kid can be a, a really high draft pick in the 2025 uh, NFL draft. So I like what I see in my initial comps for him. He could be anywhere from a Josh Dobbs to an RG3, really. He's got that size. And I know you might be saying, Josh Dobbs, why we want? But remember the Lynn sanity run that Josh Dobbs had? That talent is in Josh Dobbs, and he did that going from Cleveland in the preseason to Arizona to to Minnesota. I mean, this guy went on three teams this year, and he was able to establish himself at certain points in this season as a competent quarterback. There's a skill set in Josh Dobbs, and on top of the the comp, this is really his play style comp, not a one-for-one career arc, type of comp it's like a play style comp josh Dobbs can run he can throw Jalen miller can do both and then the rg3 comp i don't think he'll be as fast that is the you know rg3 ran a ridiculous 40 rg3 was a ridiculous prospect but again if this is a 4-5 low 4 five, four five five 5 type 40 i mean we're looking at a really strong prospect and like i said 6 2 20 this kid's built like a brick shit house so uh Jalen miller very very excited to watch him on new year's day the next quarterback we'll talk about, Michigan's quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. We could see him enter the 2024 NFL Draft. I'd love to see that. Uh, he's 6'3", 202 pounds, a junior, so he is eligible, like I said, for this year's draft if he were to come out. Um, he's a little bit skinnier than Milroe He's not as built as milroe but he's a little taller, but – um He's, he, he threw for over 2,600 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, only four picks. Um, he had a 74.2% completion percentage, which is a improvement year to year from his freshman to his uh, sophomore and junior year. He continues to improve his completion percentage, and I, I love that. I, I love seeing these prospects get better. They're developing. They're coachable. They're all those things that you like to see. Uh, he doesn't run the ball a ton, only 146 rushing yards. In three rushing touchdowns. So he's not really prolific with his legs. I would say he's athletic enough to, you know, get some rushing yards, but that's not part of his game. He's not looking to uh, run forward. I'm not saying he's not looking to run. He's just not looking to run past the line of scrimmage and become, uh, you know, something that can get tackled perhaps uh, because he's very effective throwing on the run. If you watch some of his tape, and these are some of the things that popped to me when I was watching his film, um, he's good at throwing on the run. He can make the throws as he moves to his left, moves to his right. He's very kind of flexible in how he can get the ball downfield, uh, which it's it's a skill set that definitely is nice. I mean, J.J. McCarthy is a massive prospect. He was uh, highly ranked. I think he was the third or fourth uh, highest-ranked quarterback in his high school recruiting class, so this kid comes with the resume. He comes with the prospect profile. Um, And his ball, when he throws it, he's got zip. There's no doubt about it. He's got some zip. Um, the phrase that kept coming to my mind when I was watching his film is he's kind of a a corralled gunslinger. He'll do these crazy things where it's like he you, he's out there slanging it, but whether it be the offense, the scheme, the coaching, they they keep it corralled. He doesn't get too crazy, and I think that if that that could translate to the next level, I love. Uh, so I, I kind of like that corralled gunslinger type of, of profile. But for whatever reason, I will say this, I don't love his throwing motion. I I, I can't really, I'm not a quarterback coach. Uh, I don't have that in my tool belt yet to know exactly why I don't love his throwing motion. But when I know when I watch it, it doesn't feel quick. It doesn't feel smooth enough. Uh, uh, maybe someone can correct me uh, or, or educate me as to different reasons why this may stick out to me. But for whatever reason, I don't love his throwing motion. But... He is a good playmaker. Um, He makes incredible throws. He throws in... He's not afraid of throwing tight windows. That The throw against Ohio State um, in the game this past year uh, where he literally threw in the window. Like, big, big. I mean, the Ohio State defender was crashing down. He hit um, his wide receiver for a touchdown. It was an incredible throw. And he did it, again, uh, kind of moving. He wasn't just stationary. He can move around in the pocket. He can move around from left to right and still make throws uh, down the field. And like I said, he's got a good arm. So uh, I like what I see. JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy was somebody that I was really, really excited about when I was gonna dive into uh you know the college playoff teams. Um, and then when I watched him, the comp that came to mind, the playstyle comp, people are gonna hate this. They are get ready for this. You're gonna hate it. It's Zach Wilson, but without the developmental flaws. Okay, The developmental issues came post-BYU. And BYU, um, obviously not strong competition. He was able to get away with a lot. But just in terms of the build, in terms of how he can make the throws on the run, how he can scramble and still look downfield, Zach Wilson showed a lot of that at BYU. But here's where you can take a deep breath and get excited about McCarthy is he was a way better high school recruit. Wilson was a three-star, like I said. Uh, on 24-7 sports, uh, J.J. McCarthy was in the lead prospect five-star quarterback um on illinois i believe it was um so he, he's a way his ceiling is a lot higher his his abilities are better than a zach wilson and he's playing against better competition i mean he's in the college playoffs uh the big 10 playing against ohio state um he's now beating them two or three years maybe all three years he's beating them so he's a competitor He's playing against tough defenses, and he's succeeding. So it's not Zach Wilson to at, but just when I watch him play, i couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about the Zach Wilson that obviously the Jets fell in love with throughout the draft process a few years ago. Um, so I I like McCarthy. I think his ceiling's higher. I think his developmental ability for whoever drafts him to the NFL is a lot higher than Zach Wilson. I don't have the same fears as I did of Zach Wilson coming out given the competition and the recruiting uh, profile and all that stuff, but J.J. McCarthy, I really like that, and then we're going to see Milrow versus McCarthy here on New Year's Day. I think it's going to be great. There's a whole bunch of players that we can get excited for um, on both sides. Of the sideline here, we're excited for Blake Corum, um, Edwards. We're excited for uh, a bunch of players here on offensive side, defensive side. This is gonna be a great game. Uh, But the quarterbacks is the were the two guys that I really, really wanted to highlight. So let's move on to the Sugar Bowl again on New Year's Day. Texas takes on Washington. Now this game has a chance to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to talk about the running backs uh, on both sides of the ball here. Now C.J. Baxter the running back from Texas. I want to talk about him. He's not going to be drafted. He's only a freshman, a true freshman. So, but if you are in a Devi startup um, next year, I know there's kind of different rules on how you could do it. Uh, I was in a startup last year. And so because of that, I was able to get a guy like Malik neighbors, who was a junior or a Mekak Buka, who's a junior. Uh, you didn't have to just draft freshmen when you're in the flows of De- Devi. you got to draft uh freshman, but and. If you're in a startup here, he's going to be going into a sophomore, you might want to take a crack at him. Or if you just want to follow his career, this kid has a lot of potential. 6'1", 218 as a freshman. Noticeable size. Noticeable size uh, when he's in the backfield. He had 129 carries. Most of them came after Jonathan Brooks went down. 595 yards, a 4.6 yards per carry. Four touchdowns. And he's been the primary back since Jonathan Brooks uh, went out with an ACL injury. He did have 22 catches for 117 yards, which is very encouraging. In college, I think the threshold is really we start getting excited over 20. And the fact that he's did this as splitting, um, uh, splitting the workload, He's fantastic. So we like that going forward for his profile, five-star recruit, number one running back in his class, eighth best player in the state of Florida. And if you know anything about the high school recruiting process, Florida is a hotbed for prospects. So being a top 10 recruit in the state of Florida is a big deal. And when I watched him, his film, I know it's tough because he didn't really have as much as some of the other guys I was watching, but very impressive size, very impressive size. Like I said, noticeable size he's a, He's a big kid and he's not easy to tackle. Uh, he can break arm tackles. Uh, he he he's tough at takedown. He is tough to take down, and he's a positive in the passing game. I mentioned his 22 catches for over 100 yards. He's a positive there, which is great for a guy this size because you know he's going to get the early down work given his brooding run style. But the fact that he can stay in the field and third downs and, and make plays happen in the passing game is fantastic. One thing though that I can't I can't say for certain, but when watching film, I sometimes can't tell if he lacks burst or if he's just really patient and lets the play develop, which is a good thing. We all remember how good Le'Veon Bell was at that. I'm not comparing the two, but Le'Veon kind of took that approach. And when you watch him, it doesn't feel like he zips through the hole, but it's not like he's getting tackled in the backfield. So maybe he's just letting his linemen, they have a really great offensive line, letting it kind of take hold, and then he, boom, And like I said, once he gets going, he's tough to tackle. So as I watch him develop, I'll get a better idea if it's a burst thing or if it's just a patience thing because uh, there's not a whole lot of breakaway runs in his tape. There's not a whole lot of those type of things. But tough runner, really tough runner. He's going to develop. I mean, five-star crew, only a freshman in a big-time program. Um, He's going to be a beast. And and my initial comp, I think the upside is like a Joe Mixon because of his uh, potential to catch the ball. I also think that he – he reminds me a lot of Latavius Murray, a lot of Latavius Murray, and Latavius Murray's still in the NFL. Latavius Murray has put together a long hit uh, career in the NFL. So uh, some of you might be saying Latavius, I don't know about it. Davis is still in the NFL. You can still put him in your lab on Sunday this year. So we like that. we like seeing that out of a prospect. And I, I, I kind of, if you watch Latavius, if you watch him, Mixon, they kind of run a little bit upright. He kind of does too. It feels like uh, so they kind of look. He kind of looks like them, but the Mixon comp is his upside because of the the passing, the pass-catching ability. So um, Latavius Murray, Joe Mixon. Now I want to talk about the running back, this guy. I fell in love with this kid after watching and and kind of doing a little bit of research on him, and that's Washington's Dylan Johnson. In my opinion, he could be the most important uh, running back to declare for this year's NFL draft for us fantasy gamers. Um, for a class that lost Devin Neal. Uh Rocket Sanders is staying in school. Trayvon Henderson's rumored to go back to Ohio State. Uh, we seemingly keep losing some prospects. Dylan Johnson is someone that I would desperately love to see come out this year. He's a six foot, two hundred and twenty-pound junior, so he is eligible. He transferred to Washington from Mississippi State this past year, which I think we can all agree. Great decision. So that's points for the uh You know, the head on the shoulders is not just a hat rack for Dylan Johnson. It was a great choice. Um, He had 201 carries for 1,113 yards. That's 5.5 per clip, 14 rushing touchdowns. Now, he only had 19 catches for 148 yards, but this is what gets me excited about Dylan Johnson. This is what has made me fall in love with the prospect that is Dylan Johnson. While he was at Mississippi State, He averaged 49, 49 receptions a year. And in 2021, he had 65 receptions. I had to go back and look. Was he uh, a receiver coming out? No, he was an athlete that played running back from jump. They just used him in the passing game that much. So that is in his tool belt. That is in his skill set. Catching the ball over 60 times in a collegiate season. Very impressive. And when I watch him on film, he's very slippery for his size. You kind of forget that he's, oh, you know, six feet, 220, big kid. Very, very slippery. Um, like I said, I, I just, I, watching him on tape, following his career, kind of doing some research, I've f- I fallen in love with the prospect. They run a lot from the shotgun uh, at Washington. And the way they use him, he kind of reminds me of a Brian Robinson. But I think he has three down upside, which is a twinkle of Joe Mixon. I mean, that's that's what it ends up being. If he can be the pass-catching threat that he's been in the past in the NFL, he's kind of like a Joe Mixon. And so Dylan Johnson and uh, C.J. Baxter are very, very similar in terms of their size and how good they can be. But Dylan Johnson, to me, I think he has upside to be the second-best running back in this class. Um Braylon Allen, for me, is still running back one. Trey Benson, for me, is running back two, who declared. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. But Dylan Johnson has a chance to really climb up up my ranks because of his three-down ability. Uh, I think he has a chance to be – I hate to throw out the term this early, but I think he has a chance to be like a league winner in 2024. Like, uh, just probably – they probably don't go – he probably doesn't go in the first two days of the draft, so he's going to have some – He's gonna fall a little bit in in the rookie draft process, which is good. You'll get value, but then he can really take over a role, given an injury to the team or what have you, um, and and really be a three down back. That's why I think Dylan Johnson's one of the most important running backs to declare in this year's class. So I'm very very excited about that. Um, so that wraps up the playoff. Bowl games. I have two more prospects I want to talk about. One uh, is partaking in the Cotton Bowl that is on a Friday night. Tonight, as I'm recording I'm recording on Friday, so tonight, Missouri versus Ohio State. But I'm going to talk about Luther Burden third. Boy, oh, boy, this kid is a stud. He's not eligible for the 2024 class. He's 5'11", 208. He's a sophomore, so next year he's already being dubbed the wide receiver one of the class. Uh, He's my wide receiver one of the 25 class. 83 catches for over 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, third in the nation in yards per route run, second in the nation in yak. Um, He he plays primarily out of the slot, 81.7%, but in the NFL today, we're seeing guys dominate from the slot. Uh, I've become a fan of the receivers that play primarily that slot. Higher volume, a lot of passing catching ability. I love that. Uh, he's a five-star recruit. He was the number two wide receiver in the 2022 class. So, I mean, pedigree, 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 pedigree when you're talking about Burden the third. Uh, watching the uh, some of his tape, he tracks the ball very well. He's dangerous at all levels. They throw screens, they throw slants, they hit him downfield. He's can make plays anywhere because like number two in the nation and yak. So you can throw him a screen. You can take it to the biscuit. Um, He's got alpha vibes and those vibes are on max. Turn that to 11. He's got the alpha mentality. He's got that alpha in his game uh, and he's not afraid to make a catch in traffic. I mean, cook those in the ball. There might be three defenders around him. He is going to get it and he might not go down. They, he might bounce off one and take it because he's very sturdy, you know, 210 pounds at five eleven, very sturdy. Solid kid, and he uses that to his advantage. And my initial comp when I uh, uh, was watching my tape, was DJ Moore. DJ Moore had a great year. And in, uh, in Maryland, before he came out of the, into the draft, he was a first-round pick. And if you know me, Kiwo, you know how much I love DJ Moore. So to see this come out be a potential for Luther Burden, Loved it, loved it, loved it. And the last guy I'm going to talk about here on the first episode of Blue Chips. First of all, thank you so much for rocking with me. Subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel and like this video. Leave a comment, ask questions, do all that damn stuff. Uh, this guy is playing in the Orange Bowl on Saturday, the 30th. Georgia takes on Florida State. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about Florida State because all their kids either declared or opt out. There's like Keon Coleman's not playing, Johnny Wilson's not playing, Trey Benson's not playing. Obviously, Jordan Travis is hurt. So I don't know what we're going to see out of Florida State, but I do know what we're going to see in Georgia. Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers. He's down in Miami. He's getting ready. We'll see if he plays. He's questionable. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, but I'm hoping he plays because this gets a stud. And if you haven't watched him yet, you got to do it because he is eligible for the 2024 class. Will be the tight end one. Will be probably... In the mix for the second non-quarterback taken in rookie drafts on uh, Superflex. Uh, he's going to be right in that mix. Harrison Jr., Bowers, Neighbors, those are your 1, two, three, Whoever you want to dice it up. 6'4", 240. So he's got the size. 56 receptions for 714 yards, 6 touchdowns. He was first amongst tight ends in yards per out run. And Yak, he actually qualifies. I think he because he got hurt, it kind of fell off a little bit. But he was tracking in the top 10 or 12 including receivers in Yak. This kid is dangerous with the ball in his hands. He was second in missed tackles force and second in first down reception, so he's a weapon when you need him the most. And like I said, he missed a couple of games, so the fact that he's still second in those metrics is bananas. He would have been first with a bullet if he had played all the games. Um, watching him on tape, kid is crazy versatile in how he can uh, produce for an offense. You know, We're talking downfield. We're talking screens. We're talking end arounds. Jet sweeps. They give this kid the ball in the backfield to take up the field with confidence because he's that good. Like I said, so dangerous with the ball in his hands. So dangerous. Can make the smallest of plays into big ones. And at the tight end position, yak, yak, yakity yak, yak. That's what we love out of our tight ends. So he's a yak monster. Um, and that's great. And he's got good hands, makes tough catches has really, really aggressive hands. I think the term I keep seeing on on X is arrogant hands, great out of a guy uh, with this profile, and he's fast. He's fast. He ran a 4.55 coming out of high school. I think he's going to run in the low 4.5s and truly put out the metrics that make you like, oh, Oh my God. And he's a pretty strong blocker. I'll say that. Um, It's not part of his game, and I will say there's a little caveat to this. He's not A lot of his blocking – a lot of the blocking schemes that I've seen, it's him, you know, in the slot, hitting a cornerback, hitting a safety, hitting an outside linebacker. He's more of, you know, chipping the the defensive end, but you're not seeing him. He's like a Darnell Washington. Okay. He's not in there moving defensive ends out of the way. But he's competent. Uh, and that's good uh for the NFL level. We the NFL coach franchise likes a, a tight end that could be um in line when they need him to be, uh, and then block downfield when they need him to do that. And I think he's more than capable of doing it. And my initial compliment, Brock Bowers, is um, he's a a faster new age tight end. And what I mean by that is, you know, we saw three guys over the last couple of years fit this mold, very similar size to Bowers. Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Trey McBride. We're talking about three guys in the top eight or so fantasy dynasty, fantasy tight ends. Um, And he's that size, but he's dangerous and he's faster. He's fast, and I think that's going to translate well. Um, A lot of the questions that come up when it comes to Brock Bowers versus, say, Kyle Pitts, they're the two unicorns at the tight end position over the last few years. Um, Pitts was bigger, but he wasn't the yak monster that Bowers is. He wasn't as dangerous uh, or as versatile as Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, to me, is the best tight end prospect I've ever seen. Um, I wasn't doing this back when Jeremy Shockey came out, you know, Kel Winslow that era. Um, but uh he's this kid's gonna be a top 12 pick in the NFL draft, he's a top five pick at worst in rookie drafts. Um, so Brock Bowers is gonna be he's gonna be nasty. And I'm gonna be back here again soon. Blue chips, Matty Keywoom. Um, we'll talk transfer portal, we'll talk NFL draft, we'll talk all that good stuff. And leave in the comments, what do you want me to talk about prospect-wise, NFL-wise, college football-wise? Leave it in the comments, let me know what you want to see, and and we'll start developing the show together as it starts uh, taking form and taking shape and coming out more and more and more. Uh, But I'm very excited for the college football playoffs. Very excited for the true bowl season to me, which is the, the weekend, the few days leading up to new year's day. That's the true bowl season for me. Take all these Duke Mayo bowls and you can, I don't care about that. Um, I'm excited for this. Uh, make sure you like I said, subscribe to the Player Profile YouTube channel, uh, like this video. You can find me on X. I'm at Maddie Kiwoom. Check out my stuff at Player Profiler. And if you just can't get enough of your boy, also the fantasy, the executives of Fantasy Football YouTube channel. Me and Cody uh, putting out stuff there. And if you just can't get enough of your boy, head over to Patreon.com/slash forward slash Executives we got a lot coming out this offseason. You're going to be excited for that. And there's a lot coming out here at Player Profile. So stick around for it. And I will see
1: you next time. Peace. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business.